You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. So today we have a standalone series, uh, really not a series, but a standalone message uh, that we're going to be talking about. And the title today is Shifting Your Focus. How many know that sometimes we can get off focus in our lives? Have you ever uh, been out on the ocean in a boat and you really kind of don't know where you're going? You're really out in the middle of nowhere. And then you all of a sudden see some kind of trees or vegetation or point in the distance and you kind of know that's where I need to head. And so that's your focus. But if our focus gets off, we might could run aground. We might could sink. We might could go completely the other direction and be stuck in the ocean forever. So that's not a good thing, right? So we want to be careful even with our own spiritual lives that we are on focus and on target with our mission of reaching souls for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? If we get off focus, then everything else becomes important. And that one thing that Jesus has called us to uh, really loses its vigor. And so today, life has a way of throwing us curveballs. Would you agree with that? Sometimes there's some things in life that we can't control that come our way. But there's also a reaction that we have that we can control. Because although discouragement is a reality, it doesn't have to defeat us. It doesn't have to drain us. You know, we're going to have times of discouragement. Jesus tells us that in this world you're going to have what? Trouble. And so if we know that Jesus is true when he's speaking, we're going to have some problems. But it's how we handle those problems that's going to define the history, the course, the action, the target, and the focus of our life. Because discouragement is a key weapon of the enemy. It's a key weapon of Satan because if he can get you discouraged about your church, he can keep you at home. If he gets you discouraged about your family, he can take your effort away. He can take your passion away. And guess what? We see things in our lives start to crumble because he can get in with discouragement. John 10.10 says the devil comes only to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And so in our lives, he's taking the opportunity every day to get us off focus, to get us off target, and to destroy us. And that's his goal. I just want to share with you a, a short story that I found about discouragement and disappointments. Uh, and there's a quote there in your notes that says this, Disappointments are inevitable, but discouragement is a choice. Again, reinforcing the fact that, you know, it's our reaction to it, how I, reacts, how I react. So there's a news article that was taken from the archives of Landover Baptist Church, and this was in Maryland. And it says this, A hundred years of Christian sp- fellowship, spiritual love, godly unity, and community growth ended last Tuesday, in a fit of congregational discord not to be rivaled in this century. Holy Creek Baptist Church was split down the middle like the tabernacle cloth that tore at the point of our Lord's crucifixion. It is said that one could hear the rip a hundred miles away. Holy Creek Baptist was severed from the once strong cord of unity that bound them together. The fist of discord had pounded an army of Christian soldiers into two disheveled, organized, unorganized factions of estranged members. And here's the source of the dissension was a piano bench. A piano bench has caused so much upheaval. The bench had been sitting right beside the piano on the stage for years. Some people wanted to get rid of it and some people wanted to move it to a different place. Some people wanted to leave it right where it was. The church literally split 
over a piano bench. Now, I have seen church splits over carpet colors. Honestly. I have seen church splits over ministers. Different people coming in. I have seen a lot of different things why churches split. But the number one reason why churches really split is because they lost their focus. And today's message, the goal is to shift our focus in the right direction. But I'm not going to leave you hanging. Here's the ending of the article. At present, the Holy Creek congregation will be having four services a day. There has been an unspoken agreement mediated by Pastor Deacon Fred of the Landover Baptist Church. Each faction will have its own separate service with its own separate pastor. Since the head pastor is not speaking to the associate pastor, each will have their own service, which will be attended by their certain members. We are told that services are far enough apart that neither group will come into contact with the other. An outside party will be moving the piano bench to different locations and appropriate positions during each service. This is to please both sides and avoid any further conflict that could result in violence. Now that's the article. But these folks are ready to literally fight over a piano bench. It's crazy. We hear stories like this all the time, but how many hungry people are out on the street and we're arguing over a piano bench? How many souls need to be saved and we're all focused because we got our eyes on the wrong thing? Man, in my own life, I can do that, right? In my own personal life. Man, if I get my eyes off God, if I get my eyes off the Lord, guess what? My life goes in a completely wrong direction. Because my focus is not right. So the question today is, how do we sharpen our focus and overcome, overcome challenges that sound like this? How do we sharpen our focus and avoid those problems? And that's where we're reading today. If you want to turn in your Bibles or view on the screen... It's from Psalm 42 and from verse 3 until 11. Psalm 42. When we lose focus, we, we focus on what's in it for me, right? We focus what's in it for my benefit and my gain. You know, even in a marriage, in a family, in a relationship. What's in it for me? Selfishness. That can be traced back to the root of these unfocused problems, right? So 40, Psalm 42, verse 3, it says this, My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to the deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day the Lord directs His love. At night His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Isn't that a strong couple of verses there? And you can see 
that the, the, the writer is overcoming a discouragement, a disheartenment. He's saying, why are you downcast, my soul? Why do you feel this way? Why are you so broken and depressed and anxious over these situations? Why? And then he gives the answer. Put your hope in God, for I will praise Him, my Savior and my God. So there's a couple things today that we're talking about with shifting, shifting our focus and overcoming discouragement that we have to do. And there's five things today, and the first one is this. We have to look within. The author goes and says this, Why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? He wasn't talking about his neighbors or his family or his friends. He's talking right to himself. And sometimes when we get discouraged, anybody, we, we have to look inside and say, Why am I feeling this way? Why? My soul, are you downcast? Because it's sometimes good to recognize that you have discouragement. It's good to see that you have a problem, because if you have a problem, you can then find a solution. But if you don't know you have a, a problem, then you can't fix it, right? And so if we recognize and discover what is going on, we can deal with the issue. Before you can deal with the despair, you need to know what's the cause. And so looking within is the first step. How many know if we aren't careful, the enemy takes over and takes control in our areas of weakness? If we're weak in one particular area, the devil likes to just harp on that area, pounce on that area, stay on that area. Because he knows it's an area of weakness. And that's the cool part with Jesus. Is when we look inside and see our inadequacies, we see that He's way bigger than our stuff. He's way bigger than our discouragement in our heart and in our soul. He's way bigger than our anxiety and our problems. He is Creator and Almighty God. And so when we look within, we see that we're inadequate and we can't handle it. The verse says, They say to me daily, Where is your God? How many know in our society, not only do we have to look within, we got a problem with people telling us, Where is your God now? And that's the, that's the author here. Where is your God now? Why won't He do something? They're taunting Him. They're, they're telling Him this. And this is an area of weakness for the writer. And he says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you discouraged? And it says this, where is your God? People ask Him the question when we're weak and down. We give Him an answer that may or may not be good for the church, right? In a moment of weakness, we can answer sharply or with a word that might not be the best or we might be down and be frustrated and show them a side of, of human nature that might not be like Christ Jesus. And so when we look within ourselves, the Holy Spirit starts to convict us and say, look, maybe that wasn't the right thing to say. Has anybody had to take back something they said before? Eat your words? Yeah? And say, I'm sorry. Go to someone and ask for forgiveness. I can attest to that most certainly. But within our own strength, guess what, guys? We are powerless. Within our own strength. We start looking within. We see why things are happening. But then we look to the source. We see why things are happening. But we are not strong enough. Because Daniel trying all his can is good. But it ain't good enough. Right? Craig trying all he can is good, but it's not good enough. Because with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the power of Jesus Christ and God the Father, we are strengthened, we are encouraged, and guess what? We can make it. So the second point today, not only do we have to look in, we have to look up. So the second part of that verse says this, why are you downcast like we read? And then it says, why are you so disturbed? It says this, put your hope in God, for I will still praise Him, my Savior 
and my God. See, when we get our focus off of ourselves, we get our focus off of the problems, we look up to God and we say, God, I will praise you because you are my Savior and my God. The, the psalmist even writes that you are my rock and my refuge, an ever-present help in time of need and trouble. Isn't an encouragement that when we get our focus off ourselves, we look up and we say, God, you're bigger than this situation and you can take it. Only the living God can satisfy our human desires and our human cravings. Only the living God can heal our disease and our sickness and our problems, whether they're at home or at work or at church. God is bigger. God is bigger. And so when we take our eyes off of our situation and get our eyes up onto the Father, only He can provide that help. Psalm 121 says this. It's it's actually one of my favorite verses. I lift my eyes to the mountains, to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who? The Maker of heaven and earth. When we get our focus off of ourselves and say, Creator God, You made the heavens and the earth. I am submissive to You, Your plan and Your will, and Your way. Then things start to seem not as troublesome. But that's the key, right? Looking up. Because if we live in total reliance and dependence on God, if our eyes are up instead of looking in the mirror, we'll have a lot easier time dealing with the challenges and the trouble of life. Again, when we're looking at our own strength and our own giftings and abilities, we are nothing without God. And I can speak a little truth to that because I never really thought that I would be leading worship. Sure I like to play the guitar, and actually my main instrument, some of you may not know, is trumpet. I can't really do that up here. I mean, I could, but we might not have anybody come back. (laughs) But I really was never educationally trained for that position, right? But it's an area that God has stretched me in, if you will, gifted me in, if you will, that I can't explain. Because there's certain things that we have to look up for to make sense of. And in your life, there's the same things. Some of you are very talented with business and finance and law and teaching and other things that I can never do. (laughs) My wife tells me things about medication and and issues she has at work all the time with patients. No, not for me. God did not gift me in that area. And I am thankful because I would be sick to my stomach every day. But anyway, that's that's besides the point. So thirdly today, if we're going to live in total reliance on God, if we're going to get past our discouragement, if we're going to shift our focus, we have to look in. And not in it ourselves, but look in the Word of God. Look in the Word of God. How many know that God's Word can anchor us and hold us steady in the midst of a storm? When you have nowhere else to turn except God's Word, that anchor runs really deep. I actually saw a really funny video this week, sidebar. It was about a ship that had put down this anchor. And the guys were like rotating the anchor, and it was spinning. And then all of a sudden, something broke, and the thing just started spinning really quickly. And there was all of a sudden a fire. And then there was a combustion. All because the anchor was going down too fast. But it was funny. Anyway... But God's Word can anchor us and keep us steady. It can encourage us and give us perspective when we're feeling overwhelmed with discouragement. If that's your only source of encouragement, though, that's all you need. 
you don't have to go to a Dr. Phil show to get encouragement. Because most of the time it's not really that encouraging. You don't have to go to a special person to talk about encouragement because your encouragement is not found from other people. Although we can be encouraged by other people. Our our encouragement is not found within ourselves, even though we can encourage ourselves. But our encouragement is found in the Word of God that is never changing and it's unwavering. Warren Wiersbe says this, The remedy for discouragement is the Word of God. When you feed your heart and mind with its truth, you regain your perspective and find renewed strength. When my focus is on me and my goals and my, my attainable things that I want to accomplish, I, I get my focus on those things and I get the focus off God's Word. But then when I recenter and shift my focus, and I come back to the God's Word that I know is strong, and the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of God stands forever, and I know that, and I go back to that never-changing Word, then I'm strengthened. My perspective is right. My renewed strength is right. Romans 10 says this, so Then faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the Word of God. So if we're hearing the Word of God, our faith is strengthened. And that's important for shifting our focus and getting out of that rut of discouragement. Because if we want to see situations change in our lives, then we have to hear the Word of God. We have to read and seek out and consume the very Word of God. If faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, guess what, church? We've got a lot of work to do. Because we have a lot of people in our congregations around the world that come every Sunday... And they hear the Word. But guess what? They're not looking into the Word. we got to get in the Word because it strengthens our faith. And if it strengthens our faith, faith, then God's going to call us out to do some mighty things in our community. Amen? Because right now, I'm not sure if the world's getting the picture in total from us. We need to look in to the Word of God for our help. Number four, we need to look back. We need to look back. Psalm 42.6 says this, My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Now what's the meaning of that verse? I really liked studying this verse because it has a lot deeper meaning than just we can read. The meaning behind that is David was looking back at the small hill. Because it reminded him of the mountains of Judah. The far off land of his fathers and his God. There's a couple things that this can illustrate. The first is this, the changes of life. As David encountered many changes, we encountered a lot of changes. But when we look back, and when we have those kinds of things, those moments that remind us of home. You ever get those moments? It reminds us of of mom and dad's growing up, or grandma and grandpa's whatever that means for you. We're looking back, but we have those joys. Wherever we are in life, we can remember where God has brought us from. Because He's been faithful. He's been faithful. He's brought us out of the miry clay. That's what the Bible teaches us. So it also can remind it not only of the changes of life, but the resting places of life. We may be weary and sad, but God is able to give us comfort. Because David on that mountain, on that small hill, had a resting place, had a memory of rest, and he was thankful. Not only that, but it can be a memory of the sacred. 
Because those memories are connected with God. And then the last, the, the mountain can represent the undying hopes of life. Because whatever in our life changes, God does not change. And that's what David was remembering is the mountains that God moved for him. The mountains that represented these huge obstacles that God had helped navigate through. And God had provided and He had been faithful. And so in our life, we need a heal. We need a heal of rest and of sacred space and of promise and of faithfulness and of looking towards the future. Because adversity that leads to discouragement has a really intense way of taking our focus off of all the good the Lord has done for us over the years. When I look back at my life, man, I can see the hand of God. I can see Him moving me from one place to the other. I can see Him opening doors for jobs and employment. I can see Him opening doors for money and, and how it helped to uh, financially support my family even when I didn't have a job. How is that possible? Right? But you can see the mighty hand of God work if you look. The problem with discouragement is it gets our focus off of God and onto self. And in ourself, we are inadequate. But instead of wallowing in our misery, we have to remember the past and where God has brought us from. Actually, I started a document the other day because I started just remembering, and this was before I even looked at the sermon, but I started remembering all the connections that I had made with people over the years that have led me to where I am now. And all the things, starting from the very beginning of, of learning in Royal Rangers and Sunday school, and, and even at a very young age, my dad was in the military, and I got to ride in tanks and really cool stuff, Right? But all the steps in my life led me to this point, And I have seen the faithfulness of God. I encourage you to do the same. Psalm 77 says this, Will the Lord reject forever? Will He never show His favor again? Has His unfailing love vanished? Has His promises failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has He been in anger and withheld His compassion? Then I thought, the years when the Most High stretched out His hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I'll remember your miracles of long ago. Check this out. When David wrote this and the writers were writing the Psalms, I wonder what miracles he was thinking of. Because if you look back in Scripture, man, there's hundreds of miracles that happened, especially to God's chosen People. So we need to remember the faithfulness of God in the past. And then lastly today as we close, number five is this. We need to look ahead. Our future is very bright. Our future is promising because God has promised us He will never leave us nor forsake us. And if that's our verse that we hold on to, discouragement it has no place. Because we're looking at self. But when we get our eyes on God and we look ahead, He directs our life. Psalm 42.8 says this, By the day the Lord directs His love, at night His song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Don't allow your present reality to rob you of the hope of the future. We have a hope and a future in Jesus. We have a hope and a future of eternal life. If we've accepted Christ and have confessed Him and believed in Him, we have that hope. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing because we get to look ahead and know that God's plans for us are good and His timing is perfect and we can't come up with this stuff on our own. 
I'm just not that smart. Philippians 1.6 says this, Being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He started a good work in your heart. He started a good work in your life and He's going to carry it out. Sometimes life gets messy. Sometimes problems comes our way. But when our focus is on our problems, it's not on God. When our focus is on our situation, it's not in the Word. It's on ourselves, and that's not good. We have to get the focus off of ourselves and put it on God. We can look ahead because of the future we have in Christ. It's a good future. It's a bright future. I've heard it said that when the devil tries to remind you of your past, your sins, your shortcomings, just go ahead and remind him of his future. When the devil tries to bring up stuff in your life that's bothering you and breaking you down and might be from your past, 5, 10, 15, 25, 50 years ago, guess what? You just tell him point blank, that's fine, God's in control, you're not. You remind him of his future. Because we can be confident that God will do a good work and He will finish it. At the beginning we quoted John 10.10. The devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But the good part is I've saved the best for last. Everybody say the best. The best for last is this. That's not the end of John 10.10. The end of John 10.10 says this. I have come to give them life and life to the full or abundantly. I have given them a better life, a more full life, if they place their trust right in me. Jesus says, I have come that you have life and life to the full. Would you stand together today? As we shift our focus, we have to remember, we have to look up to God. We have to look into His Word. We have to look into our past to see the faithfulness of God and we got to look forward to the future and again it's a great future join me in prayer today Father we thank you so much for this word God your word that's never changing God your word that never wavers it never moves with the the changing of culture God it never changes with the media it never changes with any leader God your faithfulness is always there to guide and direct us. God, you're, you're never changing. And so God, today as we look to shift our focus, we ask that you would just move in our minds and our hearts today. Allow us to see areas that might not be directed and pointed in the right direction. Just like that ship off target, God, I pray that today you would reveal things in our life that need to be shifted in order for, for our focus to be on you and the right direction we should go. So God, today we honor you and we say thank you God, when we looked at these discouraging uh, words, it says, why am I so, am I downcast? And then it says, God, we're going to praise you anyway. I think of the song, praise you in the storm. Because no matter what we're going through, God, we can always praise the Lord. We can always praise your name. We can always look. And I think of Paul and Silas as they were in the jail. What changed their situation was not anything but a miracle. But God, it was out of a heart of worship and praise that that miracle came. 
So God, I pray today that in our own situations and problems that we will begin to worship you, that we begin to praise you for who you are, who you've been in the past, and God, who you are to us in the future because you've mapped out our future and you have plans for our lives and they are good because you're a good father and we trust you. So today, Lord, as we overcome these feelings of discouragement and overwhelming uh, just emotions, God, we, we submit our will to you. And we reflect on the verse in Philippians that said, you're going to continue this work until completion. And thank you for smart starting the work in our heart and in our life so many years ago for me. So today, if you're here and you haven't had the awesome privilege of accepting Christ in your life, I want to just give you that chance today. He is ready with open arms to take you, to mold you, to comfort you, to guide you, to shift your focus. And maybe you can say in my life, right now my focus is not on God, and I might need to change my focus a little bit. Maybe that's you today. But whatever the reason today, I want to just invite you. We have prayer teams that are available. Pastor Paul and his wife Susan would love to pray with you. There's others in our congregation that would love to pray with you. So if you would like prayer over those things today, would you just make your way over here to the side where these couches are? We would just love to have a word of prayer with you. But let's close the service today with this. Father, we thank you so much again for your word that never changes. Help us to shift our focus on you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.